do an outstanding job as always. Praise the Lord. You can be seated this morning. Praise God. Man, I'm happy to be here this morning in the house of God, in a spirit-filled church where we still believe that God can do the impossible, where we see miracles happen, and we know what he did back in the Bible, he can do again today. Amen. I need someone to preach with me this morning. I don't stand still long, so you better get with me before I start running. So, (laughs) man, I would be remiss not to bring this up, but I've got one of my heroes in the back of this church this morning. Sister Erlene Reagan is with us today. Everybody give a hand clap for that. Man, she is such a pillar in this church. Decades and decades and decades of serving, being faithful, loving the Lord, doing what you need her to do. Amen. We're thankful to have you, Erlene. I love you to pieces. All right. Amen. Amen. Well, I want you to know today, it's an honor. It really is to get to preach to y'all. It really, every time I get to take a pulpit, it's an honor. But to be at the home, my home church, it means the world. And I'm so happy to be here this morning. This morning. Amen. This morning, I want you, if you would, we're going to hop right into it, okay? We're not going to waste much time. And I want y'all to get to eat lunch before you get cranky. So, we're going to open up to the book of Genesis this morning, chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. If you don't know where Genesis is, there's a cover on your Bible. You flip it open, and then there's a table of contents. You pass that, and there's Genesis, okay, in case you're confused, okay? If you get to Revelation, you've gone too far. So uh, back it up a little bit, okay? We're going to keep it elementary this morning. Amen. Genesis chapter 11, verse 29, uh, and we're going to read verse 29 through 30. And we're going to hop to a couple places after that, but if you'll stick with me, it's going to come together in the end. All right, Genesis 11, 29 through 30. Are you there? Amen. All right. And Abram and Nahor took them wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iscah. But Sarai was barren. She had no child. All right. Let's flip to Genesis 25, verse 19. It says, and these are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begat Isaac. And Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padanaram, the sister to Laban, the Syrian. <clears throat> and Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him, and his wife, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. One more time. Let's flip to chapter 30, verse 1. And when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, 
Rachel envied her sister and said unto Jacob, Give me children or else I die. And Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel, and he said, Am I in God's stead who hath held from thee the fruit of the womb? I think we see a pattern here. I think we see a pattern here. Uh, there's a pastor, well, he's passed away now, um, that me and my grandpa like a whole lot. His name is G.E. Patterson. He used to be the general superintendent of the Church of God in Christ, the Kojic. And he said, uh, the heaviest trains start the slowest. <laughs> so I'm carrying a load this morning, but we're going to get somewhere in the end. And you also know the heaviest trains are the hardest to stop. So once I get going, you're going to have to bear with me. We ought to be here a while. All right? So... Today, if you're a note taker, the title for this sermon is Barren Wombs Carrying the Hope of Life. Barren Wombs Carrying the Hope of Life. Um, I think from the scriptures we read in Genesis that we can see an obvious pattern. An obvious pattern with these women taking place. And this pattern shows barrenness. It shows barrenness. The pattern shows emptiness. And it shows a desire for there to be a restoration and a fruitfulness that was not there before. Amen. You see, back in the days of the Old Testament, barrenness was a sign of divine displeasure. It was a sign of divine displeasure. It was a reproach from God. It showed that God was displeased with the individual in some way. And this was very detrimental. It was very devastating to the families back then because... The need for a family to bear children back then was immense. It was very immense, even greater than today. Um, Not only did they need children to help work and do things to sustain the household, they needed more specifically young men to carry the bloodline. Amen. They needed young men to carry the bloodline and keep the family name and legacy moving forward. And what we see in this barrenness in these wives is their... (laughs) A need for divine intervention. A divine intervention. How many of you have been there before? Where you needed a divine intervention. Where Where you see clearly, God, I need a miracle. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. We need a miracle. We need a miracle in America. We need a miracle in this church. We need a miracle in our own lives. Is there anybody in the house that says, I need a miracle? I could use God showing up and showing out right about now. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm believing for heavenly things to happen today. But what the three women we read about did not know at the time was that God already set up the appointment for their anointment and everything. Hallelujah. God already penciled in his solution into their schedule. Hmm. They were already in God's planner before they even knew that they needed to be. And that's the truth. And let me tell you today, for those of you who are struggling in your body, those of you living with sin in your life, those of you who need a breakthrough, God's already got the plan, the day planned for you to receive your healing. He's already got your deliverance structured. He's already got your breakthrough on the way. And right now in the waiting, I need somebody to preach with me a little bit. Right now in the waiting, it's your job to remain faithful and for you to live right. I said somebody needs to live right. 
I'm going to preach the glory in a second, but I got to get through some stuff. You got to live right. You got to keep running the race set before you and watch God unfold his mercies new every morning. Hallelujah. Can you say you got to live right? You got to stay faithful. Hallelujah. God wants to take your hurt. We make a picture for your brain. He wants to take your hurt and he wants to put it in a big bucket. And he wants to dip a holy paintbrush right in the middle of it. He wants to stir it up. And he wants to paint you a picture of his perfect timing, of his faithfulness, of his divine ways. Oh, where you can see how he perfectly orchestrates everything for the good of those who serve. Oh, my God, I need somebody in this house to get with me. And I think for that, we ought to give God a praise. Amen. Amen. You've got to stay faithful and live right. And not just when you're on the mountain. You've got to do it when you're in the valley. You see, with barrenness comes a hopelessness. I need to stop real quick. With barrenness comes despair. And with barrenness comes depression. And with barrenness comes emptiness. And with barrenness comes doubt. You see, barrenness shows its ugly head when something of life needs to be birthed but is hindered. There's a hindrance in there somewhere. Barrenness can be the reason someone does not respond to the call of God on their life. I'm not talking about someone not able to get pregnant. I'm talking about there being a spiritual barrenness. It can be the reason someone misses out on what God's trying to do through them to further His kingdom. Do I have a witness? Listen to me. Barren wombs are our human insufficiencies that cause us to be unable to fulfill a task that God has planned for us. I'm going to say that again. Barren wombs are our human insufficiencies that cause us to be unable to fulfill a task that God has planned for us. It's when we don't currently have the capability to produce something that will bring life. Amen. But listen to me, barrenness is not how Sarah, Rebecca, and Rachel stayed. Amen. What God did was he opened the womb so that the promised hope of life could come. And what was once thought of as a reproach soon turned into a blessing. It's a transformative work. Barrenness is your personal unlikely that God will turn into your personal likely, your personal miracle. God will take your unlikely to bring about life so that he can use that barren state to do what you never thought could be done with yourself. I'm about to start preaching in a moment. Jesus will not leave you in your barren state if you want out of it. But you see, you can't, oh man, you can't be comfortable and expect God to deliver you from something you don't want to leave out of. You have to want to get out of it. You have to want to get out of it. You have to want to produce life. Am I preaching to somebody here today? Sarah, Rebecca, and Rachel did not like their barren state, and God hearkened unto them. He heard and he saw the need, and then he stepped in and produced a miracle out of their unlikely. Your prodigal, your disease, your ailment, your lost marriage, your broken finances, honey, you just sit back and wait, because God is going to turn into a miracle. 
miracle. He's just doing that transform right now. His hand's in the mix. And he's saying, honey, you just wait. I've got a plan. I'm going to do something. If you'll just sit back, live right, and be faithful, I'm going to do something what you never thought could be done in this house. Glory to God. My Lord. Mm, Right now in this church, the Father's calling out to somebody. Oh, and he's wanting to open the womb of ministry. Oh, but you got to (laughs) be... you got to be willing. He's wanting to open up the womb of healing. Some of you are broken in your body. God's wanting to open the womb of healing. you just got to let him do it. Some of you, is, you're wanting grace and you're needing prosperity. And God's willing to open that womb. But you got to be ready for him to do it. you got to be faithful. you got to live right. you got to do what he says. You have to hear the Holy Ghost. You can't just open this on a Sunday morning. you got to do it as a lifestyle. See, this Christian life is not a once- Twice, three times a week, saying this is a process through your life. And listen to me. The potential world changers in this room is astounding. But we have to get out of the box and say it's time to produce life and life more abundantly. It's time to stop complaining and get healed for crying out loud. It's time to start forgiving and get healed. Some of you are so stinking bound up because you're bitter. You're bitter. Get over it. How are you so... I'm going to mess myself up. It's time for God to open my womb and let the waters of life begin to flow in a powerful way. And watch out, devil, because the devil's not the storm. We're the storm. (laughs) Oh, some of you are bound up and you're hurting and you just need to pray, God, help me see what the devil sees in me. Because a thief will not rob an empty house. If he's fighting you, it's because there's potential. Mm. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. There's a strong curtain heading straight from this church. Hallelujah to the streets of Corsicana all across the world. It's time to return to the roots of Pentecost and get back into the altars and start praying your problems away instead of posting them away, leaving them in a festering state. It's time to see God move powerfully on our behalf so we can then fill others with what he's given us. It's time to say no more to the devil, and I wish someone in this room would just rebuke him right now in the name of Jesus. Right now, in Jesus' name, we, we rebuke every stronghold from this house, every single generational curse. We rebuke it, and we break it now in Jesus' name. There's not a spirit on a single person except the Holy Ghost this morning. We rebuke you, devil. You get out in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Our praises trump your... Glory to God. It's time to put your foot down and start stomping a hole through hell's forehead. Some of you'd get mad at the devil and stop living with your problems. Something would change. Hallelujah. It's time to get filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and receive a new boldness and a new authority in Jesus. It's time to move and separate from the world and gravitate rapidly towards holiness. Oh, once again, holiness, would you come back? Would we accept the radical change of holiness? It's time 
for revival at Calvary Worship Center. There's been a Welsh revival. There's been a Zeusa Street revival. There's been Pensacola, Brownsville. Why not let the next one be the Corsicana outpouring or the Corsicana revival? Why not just let the spirit explode from this church and bring forth a new wave of glory that we have never experienced before? We're lost. Come in the back door on church. But the anointing of the preacher is so strong that they get to the altars before they're done. I wish somebody in this house would begin to move with me. Oh, revival springs come forth. Barren wombs be gone. And let life, life more abundantly come across this house in the name of Jesus. Woo! All because somebody decided I need to get loose. All because somebody said, I'm not going to sit down and let my problems wash over me like they do every single week. All because somebody said, I'm going to go to the glory. I'm not going to sit back and watch. Oh, because somebody from this church said, God, he's going to open my barren womb. And I'm not going to live with this like I have the rest of my life. It's all because somebody said that I'm a willing vessel for Christ who's ready to flow with what the Spirit has for me. Uh, I'm fat. i got to breathe. <laughs> Some of you are laughing, but you're in the same boat. <laughs> oh, God, I messed up. <clears throat> Jesus help. Okay. Anointing come back, please. (laughs) It's all a transformation. It's all a transformative work. It's all because one day you let the Holy Spirit speak through you to somebody on a street corner that you don't know and you'll probably never see again. It's all because you're obedient. It's all because one Sunday... You've been bound up the whole week, but on Sunday morning, your feet got happy. Mm. And you just decided to dance a jig down the aisle. It's all because the anointing came and it fell upon me. And now it's like there's a fire all shut up in these bones and you can't stay still because it won't let you. It's called the glory moving on you, honey. It's you losing your barren womb, my God, somebody, and letting life flow and life more abundantly flow. It's you being obedient, staying true to what the Word says. Hallelujah. Barren wombs in this church open now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, produce life. And go forth in revival spirit, carrying the bloodline of salvation in the name of Jesus. Go forth, church member. Go forth, visitor, and preach the gospel. Preach the gospel unto all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go forth, Calvary Worship Center, and let the Holy Ghost use you. This is not a normal service today. This is a Holy Ghost This is a Pentecostal move of God where we will respond extravagantly with praise and adoration to the Father. This is not a waking up on a Monday morning, going to work, listening to KLTY. This is an alabaster outpouring praise we're going to get in.
in the name of Jesus. Holy Ghost, fall on these open wombs, these barren wombs. Bring hope and life in Jesus' name. Oh, God, I pray miracles begin to pop off in all y'all's houses. In the name of Jesus, life. Mm, glory of God, move. There's an anointing this morning. How many of you know God's still in the miracle working business? He's still in it. He still does it. He's still God. He hasn't changed. We have. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ, we know it. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. We know that. And honey, if you'll do it back then, he'll do it for you today. He will do it for you today. Whatever storm you're facing, hallelujah, he's still the alpha and the omega. He's still the beginning and the end. He's still Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He's still Jehovah Rapha, my healer. He, you know what? I heard Billy Graham say this once. He said, God has already passed through your tomorrows. He's already passed through your tomorrows. So knowing, so while you know that where he's already through your tomorrows and you're waiting on a door to open, somebody needs to start praising God in the hallway. Mm. So many times Christians lose their victory when they're in the middle time, when they're in the hallway, when the miracle's not there but the fire's still burning from where you're trying to leave. You stay faithful. Get out of the pit mm, of self-pity. Get out of unforgiveness. Drop your bitterness. And you get to the cross. You get to the cross. God cannot, if you're not teachable, you're not usable. Praise the Lord. Somebody, if you would bring some expectation for God to do something, he might just do it. Amen. Listen, we all know that God's expert when it comes to using the unlikely to perform his greatest moves. God can take anything and anybody just as they are. And he can equip them for the call that he has awaiting them. And you can look throughout the entire Bible and see prime examples of God using the unlikely. You can see it all. You see, Noah got drunk. Abraham, he is too old. Ishmael was never the promise. Jacob was a liar. Leah was ugly. Bless her heart. You know, if the word of God says you're ugly, you must have been bad. Oh, goodness. I wouldn't want to be her for anything. That's her history forever. She was ugly. And couldn't have a kid for a while either. So, so then Joseph, he had a big mouth. Moses had a stuttering problem. Samson had long hair and was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. David had an affair. Jonah ran from God. Job went bankrupt. Peter denied Christ. The disciples fell asleep praying. Martha was a worrier. The Samaritan woman was divorced. Paul, he used to be a murderer. And Lazarus was dead. So don't ever think you've gone too far or done too much 
for God to use you as long as you're teachable, honey, you're usable. If you say, yeah, you say, yeah, Tanner. But that was back then. That was Bible times. Things have changed. You say things have changed. I would quickly like to remind you of some of our recent generals of the Pentecostal faith. People like William J. Seymour, who was a black man at the head of the Azusa Street Revival in the early 1900s, who had to sit outside of Charles Parham's classroom next to the door in the hallway listening to teachings on Pentecost. You see, he was hungry, but he was considered an outcast. You could look at Amy Simple McPherson, who was kidnapped and married twice in the early 1900s. Just take a look at Catherine Kuhlman, who had been divorced and had a speech impediment and overpronounced all her words to make up for it. You could look at Oral Roberts, who as a boy struggled with bullying because he lived with a stutter and later on was healed from it. Just look at Smith Wigglesworth, who was always criticized because he punched people in his prayer lines, always saying that he wasn't punching the person, the devil in them was just getting in the way. And this is not necessarily a Pentecostal general of the faith, but definitely a pillar in gospel music and Christianity. But you could look at Dottie Rambo and see a torn childhood with a father who made her leave home as a young girl because she became a Christian and wanted to stop playing country music and go completely gospel. What I'm getting at this morning is that there's nothing you can do and nothing you could say, nothing you could get involved in, nothing that could have ever happened to you to disqualify you from being used by God. Take that as encouragement and go forth. It doesn't matter what your barren womb may be keeping you from, because God can open that womb. How many times has he done it? He can open that womb and he can fill it with a ministry. He can fill it with purpose. He can fill it with a call. He can use it to bear holiness in your lifestyle. He can use your barren unlikely to turn the eyes of the world towards the Father. Never underestimate what a barren womb will someday hold. Because you don't know. Praise God. I want to I bring another beautiful and powerful aspect from the verses that we read as our text earlier. We see Sarah, Rebecca, and Rachel. We see them all barren in our text, but we also see them conceive. Besides being barren, Sarah, Rebecca, and Rachel all had something else in common. Um, They were all related through marriage, as we know, and they were married to three of the most important men in the Bible. They were married to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And these three men are considered the patriarchs of the Christian faith. They are the grandfathers, the founding fathers, if you would, of Christianity. 
And what I find amazing through it all is God paired up three of the most important men to ever walk the planet besides Jesus with three barren wives. He paired them with three barren women. Three barren women. And you might say, Tanner, what's important about that? Why does that matter that they were barren and married to these men? But hear me. You see, it matters. It matters a great, great deal. It matters to the living as well as the dead. You see, these were the men, these patriarchs, who carried the bloodline of Jesus. Mm, I know where I'm going and I'm getting ready. These men carried the bloodline that would eventually in 2,000 years make it into the veins of the Savior of the world. The very blood that would run on Calvary's cross from the beating and the nails and the crown of thorns. This was the bloodline that would run through the man who would lay his entire life down for those who spit in his face and mocked him. This is the blood of Jesus. This was the bloodline that was to be carried and fulfilled by a bunch of barren women. You see, it matters. It matters a great, great deal that these women were chosen and called by God and were barren. It makes a world of difference. And it does not stop there. Because 2,000 years later, the Lord wouldn't just use three barren women. No, he wouldn't. He would call a virgin girl from a country town to conceive by the Holy Ghost the ever-promised Messiah, who would show pregnancy before marriage in a time where that actually meant something. Listen, I'm going to close soon, but I got to get this through. Hear me, church. I want you to hear me now and to hear me clear. If you leave here today with nothing else, I want you to take this home with you. If God can use three barren women and a virgin girl to save the world and bring in the promised Messiah, 2,000 years apart, he can use your barren, unlikely state and turn it into a miracle. Don't you doubt God. You don't have to have much church. You don't have to have much church. You just have to be willing. Come on, Freddie. You just have to be willing. You have to say, God, I'm going to let you use me. I'm going to let you use me. I'm tired of living the way I am. Let our prayer be that I am nothing and that you are everything, Jesus. Take this nothing and use it for something great in your glory. Thank you. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know all your stories, all your situations. But in all honesty, it doesn't really matter because whatever it is, God can turn it around. The Father can take away the barrenness. He can take away the barrenness and spring up deep wells of life. He can spring up deep wells of healing. He can spring up deep wells of bringing that prodigal back home. I said bringing that prodigal back home. Some of you don't, you have one, but you're not shouting glory yet. Some of you, he can bring the prodigal back home. He can fix those finances. He can take that broke, that broken body and he can make it whole. Oh, some of you got cancer, he can kill the cancer. Some of you got diabetes, he can take the diabetes. Some of you've got disease, heart disease, I don't care what it is. God is still the healer. Amen. Don't give up now. Don't you dare accept the barrenness now because you're too close to the promise of life. You're too close. These altars are too close to you to give up hope now. Lives have been changed at an altar. They're stained with tears for a reason. Mm. 
where the tears flow, where the blood of Jesus just cleanses and makes whole. Mm. Keep fighting for the promise of God and the hope of life. Don't accept your barren state. God wants to make you whole. It is his will. Right now, I want every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't make you do that every time, but this morning I just, I feel it might help. I want to ask, is there anybody here that is not right with God and you just want to come and pray before you leave? I would want for you to raise your hand and just put it right back down. If you just want, if you want some assurance and to repent, if you just want to be extra sure because the trumpet might sound or you might fall dead and you want to get right with God, make sure you have that chance and you want to pray, slip up your hand. I'm not going to call anyone by themselves down here alone. I'll call everyone together, so don't be afraid. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank all of you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Now I want to ask, is there anybody here who is wanting to receive the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? If you're here, we live in a hard, hard world, but the Lord gave us a tool and an instrument to get through it. It's the Holy Ghost. If you want to receive that free gift, I want you to raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You see, the truth is that it's a free gift, and God probably wants to give it more than you want to receive it, if truth be known. Praise God. Thank you. Now I would like to ask, is there anybody in here in need of a healing of any sort? I want you to raise your hand just in recognition of the need. Thank you. Hands all over all over the place. Praise God. You see, we serve the healer of the body. We serve the healer of the spirit, the mind, and the soul. You don't need it just... It's not just physical healing. If you need something in your life to get straightened out in your spirit, praise the Lord. Anyone else? Praise God. Amen. Thank you. Now, lastly, you can lift your heads. I want to invite every one of you that raised a hand to come down to these altars right now. I want you to flood them, and I want you to pray for God to get those barren wombs and let him spring life into them. And if you're sitting here today and your heart's right with God and you don't need a healing, but you're set to go, I would ask that you would stand up and that you would come pray and minister to these who are in need. And if you wish you did raise your hand, come on down. And for those of you in these altars, whoever prays with you, let them know that you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit so we can pray for that. Everyone, please come down, who will, and pray for these barren wombs to spring forth with life. And let's watch God do some miracles today. In Jesus' name.